no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, I know, I know, I know Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Got a, got a jam-packed show. Uh, it feels good, Justin, because it feels like we're galvanizing against the national media, and we haven't done that in a long time, so that's that's been nice. We have an interview, a good 30-minute fun talk we had with Barstool Clem. He's their Giants blogger. He, he's most, mostly known for the Mets, but he's always been friendly with us. He does their Giants stuff, so... That's that uh that was fun, so that'll be coming to you later in the show. But Justin, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling? We're uh getting ready for this this scrimmage. I'm I'm pumped to see what happens. Yeah, I um I may break in. I think today's the day. Because Bobby, I feel completely naked. I'm gonna be honest. Like trying to cover I, this team right now. I get now. that that's a phrase, but I just hate when you say it. I feel completely naked. I just don't like you saying that. All right, well, Deal with it, because I'm going to say it three more times. Please I feel completely naked while trying to analyze this team right now, because I think I've really relied on going to training camp and making my own observations with my own eyes and getting a feel around the team. And meanwhile, it's it's even tougher this year, because we're not even getting the typical beat reporter tweets. However, they have been doing a good job of trying to keep some things balanced. But still, we're really just we're really just basing off of things. Hey, what are what videos are the Giants putting out? And I feel everything is happening right now. There are so many things that are happening, but we just don't know. And I feel uncomfy about that. Well, here's what did happen. The whole damn national media lost their mind again when it comes to Joe Judge. And honestly, I get people people are mad. I'm having fun, man. It's good to be back. It feels like we're back. Media's coming after the Giants again, coming after Joe Judge. People losing their minds. Because Joe Judge is running laps, having them run laps. And it's not like he like, has them going nuts. It's not like Cam Brown ran eight laps. They're just running laps. Most, like, in, I don't think anyone's ran more than one lap, um, except for maybe like Spencer Pulley, who we'll talk about a little later. But it's, it's, been, it's crazy, though. Like, I'm not mad about it, but it has been like, why is somebody, everyone so mad about Judge coming in and laying the law a little bit? We've been the worst team in the NFL the last three years. We literally have the worst record out of the last three years. The New York Football yeah. Giants, and Justin McAdoo, he was he was nice. Um, you know he he let things go, and it ate him alive when he tried to get strict. Justin Shermer, Shermer last year, he didn't lose the locker room. As bad as that team was, they did not lose the locker room. But it was like okay, he, he didn't lose the locker room, Justin, which is one thing that happens very quickly if you were losing, and. He made the QB, Daniel Jones, who 80% of the fan base hated, made 90% of the fan base feel really good about. Like, he was the offensive mind behind that. Now, I give Jones more credit than Shermer, obviously. And he still got fired. So, I think the name of the game is, it's so simple. If you don't win, you get fired. People are like, if if they don't win, it's not going to work. It's like, well... If we don't win, nothing's going to work because we're trying to win. We're trying to win the game. Herman Edwards, you play to win the game. And it's like, 
all he's doing is making them run a couple of laps when they screw up. That's like the that's that's like the easiest punishment ever is running laps. It'd be one thing if he had him doing like 500 yards of bear Guessers. crawls. Oh like yes, yeah, no. But they're, they're jogging laps. Yeah, no, especially they're they're probably not busting ass <laughs> while they're running these laps. As a result, you go and you take a little jog and, and then you come back. Um, but Bobby, I'm a lot of people do get fired up over what the national media says. He, here's where I am with that, and this is why you and I are different. I'm just not going to feed into that. And I know you're not mad, but I you had to react to it, which is good. You got out what you had to say. But here's where I am. We're on such a totally different level, and I get this may not be the most humble approach to take when in terms of us, quote-unquote, covering the Giants, but we are on such a totally different level compared to the national media heads about how much we think about this team, how much we talk about this team, where I pay zero attention and I could care less about what they have to say about this football team. It'd be one thing if they were talking about how Sterling Shepard is overrated or something like a, a take on like a football player. But that this would isn't, make like, me this mad. Isn't a, this isn't a subject you need to be like d- have a deep dive with the New York Giants. It's simply like people just giving hot takes. And I get that's what a Fox Sports 1 and ESPN more like daytime sports shows are about. Emmanuel Ocho, um, you know, everyone's been throwing the 33 tackles line at him. But it's like people people don't operate like only children um like work like deal with punishment. It's like, are you kidding me? It's like I know thirty like thirty eight years old who work very less uh important jobs and they hate being yelled at and it motivates them. Like I don't want to screw up if my boss gets at me. I don't know what like cl- like guys on cloud nine, I don't know what he's thinking. But it's just so simple over just taking laps. But it and also it's much easier, and we saw this with Tom in his later years. It's a lot easier, Justin, to Bring it in at a hundred, and bring it back, and then you know scale it down a little bit. Scale, you know, all right, be a little lenient. But what happens with Ben McAdoo? Ben McAdoo was, oh, I'm your buddy, blah blah blah. I'm gonna do my slick hair because Landon Collins made fun of me, blah blah blah. Then he then he tries to get hard ass on him, and then he's suspending guys. The entire locker room's losing him. It's such, a, it's it's like not even a hard concept to understand that he's putting on. He's, and he's doing it for a reason. He's the most detailed coach I've ever seen the Giants work with. I love Coffin, but this guy, like, he has just a method to every man. It's not like he's just being a hard ass to, because that's who is just just because of who, who he is. There's a method to it. And I would rather have that than Pat Shermer, um, who, like, they just didn't, like, they were, they had no fear of. And Matt Rule, who goes out there and, like, I'm going to do the drills with you and act goofy and give you a motivational speech. That is when you lose, is you're like, shut up with the speeches. Shut up with the stupid speeches. We don't care about it. But no matter what happens, they're going to know Joe Judge's work ethic, his attention to detail, his reasoning. You know, it's not like Matt Patricia where he's like the sloppiest guy out there, but he's demanding excellence from you. Yeah, I think it also does help that the team is younger. And also you just look overall at the character of this team and what we think the quality of guys that we have here. I think the offensive linemen, I think they like this stuff. I think they like the intensity. I think they like the attention to detail. Um, But even on the defensive side of the ball, 
I, you know, we listed this a few times on Twitter and on the podcast. Fakrell is on his second, not on his rookie contract. Golden is not on his rookie contract. Martinez and Mayo, not on rookie contracts. Bradbury, not on their rookie contracts. Basically, everyone else is still on their rookie deals. So it helps when you have a younger team, um, you know, n- not to just totally give the, the cliche, stereotypical analysis of why discipline and why attention to detail is good. But I think it does work better when you have a younger group rather than, like, get a load of this guy when you're in your 30s and this is, like, your third NFL team. Yeah, and I'm so sick of the, like, the Patriots coordinators not working out. You know what doesn't work out? Most head coaches. Most head coaches don't work out. So, no. Like, who who has a great coaching tree? I mean, do we have to go back to Mike Holgram? Is Is that the last guy with a great coaching tree? Most teams don't win the Super Bowl. Who doesn't take stuff from the people they win with? Like, oh, he's take like they're taking this from Belichick. It's like, yeah. So does every coach ever. There's things I say on here that I got from coaches and stuff like that. It's like, of course, you take things from your experiences, and he's his experiences have been with greatness. Nick Saban and Joe Judge. It doesn't mean that or Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. It doesn't mean he's going to be great. But you know what? Like, and I point out the Patriots had the least missed tackles in the NFL. The least. You're not gonna you can't tell me that's just because they were just better than everyone. Because they actually practiced tackling. Let's talk about that, that nutcracker drill where as the drill is kind of described, and then we even saw Twitter uh, a video that Dan Duggan found that Dan Duggan kind of dug up about the drill that there was video of it happening in New England. What I believe is happening is there's some sort of dummy, there's a stick, you know, stick with the ball or something that's happening. There's some kind of ball that's moving, and then you have a running back that's picking up a ball a defender that's five yards back and they're out and they're, it's basically it's a goal line drill and they're meeting and they're colliding, you know, full contact, full speed. Bobby, I'm just extremely surprised. And I think this says more about McAdoo and Shermer and the previous two coaching staffs than anything else. I'm just extremely surprised that that kind of contact drill, because it is violent, very, very violent, it's close to Oklahoma's. I'm surprised that kind of drill is allowed within the CBA with that kind of heavy contact. I mean, it's just a tackling drill, though. At the end of the day, it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's like I mean, it's just a ta- it's like an open field tackling drill, really. It's not like it's bull in the ring where you're the whole purpose is just to hit each other. It's a ball carrier versus a ball stopper. I mean, so I I get that maybe it is surprising for NFL camps because they have been watered down so much. But my gosh, like people like, oh, you can get hurt. Like that, that's what football, you get hurt. Like it happens. Football gets hurt. And we've seen around the NFL and hell, the only injury on our team, usually the training camp injuries that are the worst are non-contact. And that's what happened with Cody core, which we'll get to a second what that means. So it's like, you, you can't stop injuries from happening. You can do things to prevent, but at the end of the day, they are practicing football. And you know what? The fact that the Patriots have the most missed tackles, like I said before, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's because they actually practice tackling and they have that attention to detail. Yeah, and also, where do you, if if we're talking about concussions, right? I guess that's the thing that comes up. Well, what about concussions? If you're practicing full tackling, you know, full speed drills, well, where you see a lot of concussions happening is with poor form tackling, with guys leading with the crown of their helmet, they're putting their head down, um, they're trying to arm tackle, and then maybe they get twisted up that way. You know, the the slamming heads into the ground. So a lot I feel a lot of the time where concussions come up 
especially if you're talking about uh, for a defender and maybe even a ball carrier too. If they lead with the crown of their helmet, it's because of poor form. It's because you're not emphasizing the lower man wins. So maybe, you know, practicing this kind of tackling, this live tackling is going to be the thing that will keep you healthier in the long run. Because if you do it correctly, the risk of concussions and the risk of injury does go down. Yeah, and you're doing a drill that is practicing tackling. So you can't just get rid of like, like you're practicing form, you know, so you can't just go like in end game moments. That's where you're like, screw it. I'm going, I'm spearing this dude, but no one's doing that in a practice that is built on form tackling. So like you said, it teaches them to do that later on. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to go too crazy on this, but it was no. just crazy. The react, I couldn't believe the reaction to it. Cause somebody, somebody messaged me Monday night and like, I can't believe people are hating on Joe judge. And I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't see any of that. I think like most people have bought in and then, He's like, well, the national media. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of checked out on the national media. And yeah. then Tuesday morning, it just hit us all in the face. But I love it. And we have Take a Lap t-shirts. Go check that out at the John Boy Media uh, uh, merch site. Go to the Talking Giants. And we have ourselves and our followers and listeners posting themselves running laps. It feels great. Giants Twitter is all in one. The Giants world, everyone's running laps, and I love it. We're all in solidarity with the New York football Giants and... Bobby, who is sponsoring this episode? Who is who is being in solidarity with us and sponsoring the show? Are today? you asking me to do the ad right now? Because I'm not ready to do the ad. No, I'm asking you. We have a new patron. Oh, we do have it. Okay, because I, I was I really thought you were forcing me to do the ad, and I was going to get no, 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 no. That can wait. That can wait. Our our new patron is most important. Patreon.com backslash Talking Giants. For $2 a month, you can help support us, but also get some fun perks along the way. I'm going to be posting a new blog shortly and making that a Patreon post. Um, you get exclusive access to live behind-the-scenes videos and things of that nature. You get to see us record the podcast as we record them and how we formulate our terrible takes. Bobby, who is sponsoring the show today? William Howis, $2 a month. He gets to be in this live stream. He gets put into a raffle for our t-shirt, which we're doing right after this. And then during the season, it's every other Free Thursday night football. Yes, a raffle. Yeah, but you don't get you don't get it. Get put in a raffle to pay for a t shirt, uh, yeah. and you get a free greasy three sticker, and you get to just you know you get to do stuff. It's cool. It's two dollars a month. Friggin' do it right now, or I'll or or do it or take a lap. How about that? Mm. So the lap stuff has been fun. Um, it's been fun to watch the Giants. You know, we're seeing clips. Let's talk a little bit of uh, camp stuff. Uh, some few headlines. Let's get Cody Core out of the way. Obviously sucks. You never want to see a guy go down. Football-wise, I know people... I'm, I don't put that big of an emphasis on certain special teams players. To this, this just doesn't move the needle for me football-wise because I don't think he was going to be a contributor at wide receiver. And I want some of these undrafted guys to get a chance, whether it's Sills, Mac, uh, you know, Victor, or Dylan. I want some of those guys to get a chance. So, And I think those guys could all contribute on special teams as well. So... I ho- I feel for the guy. It sucks, you know, to get that contract and work for all this, and then you lose your year, and you know he may never play in the NFL again. So it's it sucks on that level, but on a football level, this just doesn't move the needle for me. Yeah, the the reaction that people gave on social media with certain words like devastating, brutal, like very big words to describe this injury. It's devastating for him, but I, I people were also talking about devastating for the team, and I was like, okay, let's. This is this is best case scenario if somebody were to tear their Achilles. So now that Cody Core's out, who are the people who don't want to give a compliment to the Giants, but they do their compliment? Like I will, I will uh, 
say, we'll say. Cody Core has been a great special teamer. I will I will give Dave Gettleman credit for that. Who, who are it's they? Nate Ebner. That's that's the new guy yeah. this year. Nate yeah, Ebner. we are, we signed Nate Ebner. How many special teams only guys do we need? So, <laughs> uh, Nick Gates, Spencer Pulley started at center day one. Justin, Nick Gates has started every day since. You know, we don't know every single rep, but every single time we have seen the first team offense out there since day one, Nick Gates has been the starting center. Nick Gates for center 2020. It's all in, baby. It's happening. Are you going to post a video of you dancing tomorrow if he's the first string center for Friday's scrimmage? No, I will not be posting any dancing videos. Why? Why would I? Because it makes you very excited. Nick Gates for Nick Gates for center 2020. Yeah, it does get me excited. I'm not going to post a video of me dancing. I don't think you're a real fan, though. I have a little... I have pride. I don't dance in guys winning jobs that they should have won all all along. Oh, so you're... Oh, oh, so you not celebrating it will be humble. Yeah, and I just... I, I mean, I, I don't want to do a corny dancing video. I already did a corny running around video. I, 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 can't, I can only do one corny video a week. Oh, uh, leave a five-star rating in the Apple Podcast app and tell me what I should do next to be in solidarity with the New York Football Giants. I ran around, and I showed my face, and I looked like I was about to die. Um, Clem and I talked about that. And then I also sang Ain't No Sunshine to, When She's Gone by Bill Bill Withers. I'm getting, that's terrible that I just got his name wrong. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, so I sang that song on Twitter because Andrew Thomas had to sing that song. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. So what else should it's I a good do? good song. Leave a five-star rating. Um, you should delete your Twitter because uh, social media makes you not focus on the giant on on winning. So, delete your Twitter. How about that? What should I do to my Twitter? Delete it. No, I'm not deleting my Twitter. No. All right, yeah, it was worth a shot. All right, other news before we kick it to the interview. This is surprising. I truly don't get it, and maybe it's something that it's not even real. But people we respect are reporting that Devonte Downs is running with the ones at inside linebacker next to Blake Martinez, which is surprising. Hmm. He was a seventh-round pick by the Vikings. Uh, you know, we claimed him last year. I mean, I went and watched his preseason stuff with the Vikings. I mean, it's not bad, but it's nothing special. He's really slow. That's, you know, he does, like, he plays with good instincts and stuff, but he's really slow, and I think his 40 time was like a 4.8 or 4.9 or something like that. You know, he didn't, he didn't go at the combine, but... Zoinks. At his pro day. Um, just just not fast at all. Um I would be pissed I I get that, you know, it's not a strong it's not a strong group group, but if Ryan Conley is not playing and Devontae Downs is, then I don't know I don't know what to think. Or maybe Devontae Downs is the next best like secret in the NFL and I'll be proven wrong. This is why it's terrible that we can't be there and that we can't see and that we can't evaluate for ourselves because this is part of where I feel naked that we have to trust beat reporters that Devontae Downs is killing it. Because really, he has been the name, at least on the defensive side of the ball, that's shown up the, that's shown up the most, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it really is. It's, it's surprising. How much do you think it's killing Matt Lombardo to not give live tweets of every like bad Daniel Jones throw and out of context thing. Like, like it's got to be I killing him because that's how he gets on like the NFL memes pages and stuff. That's what he lives for is for the national media to pick up his tweets. I mean, it's got to be eating him alive. I think it's killing uh, Pat uh, Pat Leonard and Matt Lombardo even more that they're not describing how Colt McCoy is looking great. They're allowed to do that. I think it's killing them that they can't give the live Colt McCoy updates. I, li- I live for that. And then Giant Insider, they got yelled at. 
um, because they literally broke all the rules on Monday. And then Tuesday, they said, don't ask us anything because we're not allowed to share it. Um, really? Wow. It's like you should have read the rules to begin with. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm all for rule breaking. So if they just went and broke the rules on their own, I'm not going to be petty about that. But my inkling is that they just didn't read it. And I know I'm a lot of our hold. listeners love those guys, um, but I just don't think they read it. I'm being honest. Uh, I'm going to hold my comments as hey, to you know what, what I think. There are listeners that. that like us. I like you listeners. I got to be honest with you. I just think they just didn't read it. Um, reply to me, Giant Insider. I reached out. Try to be nice to you guys. Reply to me. Um, anyways, it's camp. So I got to I gotta, I gotta talk, I gotta throw some stuff at them. We haven't talked about them all offseason. Um, and we're just, we're honestly giving them too much shine at this point. I mean, anything, Bobby, can I, can I share, this isn't exactly training camp stuff, but this is just giant stuff that I, that I dug up and I had a revelation based off of our, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson conversation. Go for it. So we had a whole conversation about, Hey, Dalvin Tomlinson snap share and his snap count was surprisingly low. He averaged like 54% of the snaps last year, which is crazy. So then if you actually compare it to the rest of the interior defensive line guys, Five of Leonard Williams' eight games were over 60% of the snaps. He even had a game over 80% of the snaps. Dalvin had only four games over 60% of the snaps in 16 games with the Giants. And 11 11 of Lawrence's 16 games were over 60% of the snaps. So especially when... I don't know if I want to go off on this tangent of having an extend Dalvin conversation. We literally just did it yesterday. I know, but doesn't that kind of... Isn't that crazy? I find that this has blown my mind the entire day that of all three of our interior defensive linemen, Dalvin Tomlinson saw the least amount of snaps well, out of all three. Leonard Williams and it was, was traded for. He's being paid $16 million this year, and Dexter Lawrence was a first-round pick. And I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, it's not like he was popping off. he's the most off talented. All, but he didn't pop off till the second half of the season, and that's when the rotation got more crowded. Yeah, I, I don't know. And he's I, not I the most I'm talented. The f- he's the least talented. He had the best production last year, but he's the least talented of the three of those. So I think I'm... I'm, I'm oh gosh. For all we know, we Dalvin to... could have had a, one good second half of the season. Now, I don't think that, but as I like Dalvin. Like I said, he was the guy I highlighted the most on defense besides maybe Jabril Peppers last year. It was awesome, the stuff that was unlocked once Leonard Williams got. But, like, Leonard Williams, we have a ton invested in him, and Dexter Lawrence is a first-round yeah. pick. And Dexter Lawrence should be better than all three of them by the end of this. Yeah. I don't know if you can. You now he could see a lot more snaps this year. I don't know if you can ex- extend a guy that gets fifty-five percent of the snaps. Um, you can extend him. You just got to get him at the right deal. Well, right. I I don't know. I'm not smart enough to predict what his deal is going to be. But that that was just on my brain today. That was on my mind. I had to share it. Also, Jabril Peppers. Uh, he had seventy-six tackles in eleven games. He was on pace for one hundred ten tackles. So those are the two two stats on top of my head. That's it. That's all I have. All right, so we had a fun in, uh, interview with Clem. Like I said at the start, he's been really cool with us. He's been nice with us. Fun guy, you know. Obviously, Bar I, Barstool gets heat, and a lot of it's deserved. And I know there will be a couple people who are like, "Oh, you're having a Barstool guy." But my thing is like, what? Uh, t- show me something Clem's done. I mean, maybe he has. I don't know. But since I've been following him for the last, I don't know, year and a half, he's been nothing but nice. Uh, so I, I thought it was a fun interview. Um, and I hope they get him back on after the season. It was, it was a fun, it was a fun interview, Justin. It was very fun. Um, very laid back conversation just amongst three Giants fans 
We're not really going in-depth crazy on, oh, what do you think of uh, the offensive line? And what do you think about cornerback number two? Very laid-back, nice little Friday conversation. Um, like I said, just a bunch of Giants fans talking Giants football, bleeding blue. And then Monday, we're going to dive right back into it after that scrimmage. Um, and, you know, we're another week closer to football, Bobby, by the time next week comes. Yep, we are. And you know what that means, Justin? telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should listen up to me listen up to me DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports is celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to 100 million dollars in prizes to all of their customers including one lucky winner who will take home a 1 million dollar cash prize to claim your share of up to 100 million in instant giveaways all you have to do is download the app sign up using promo code JOHNBOY. Then enter DraftKings free football survivor pool. Yes, it really is that easy to claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win a $1 million cash prize. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon entering. While you're in the app, don't forget to check out all the great daily fantasy contests DraftKings is hosting for this week's basketball and golf action. Don't bet on the Nets. They suck. That's a little tip. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash top prize. That's promo code JOHNBOY to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Here's Clem. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. We now welcome on to the program someone we've uh, we've wanted to get on for a while. Finally doing it. Going into this 2020 season. Barstool Clem. Clem from Barstool. What's going on, brother? Oh man, it's good to be with some proper Giants fans here. Uh, we were talking about a little before we we uh, we, we kick things off. It's a new era, folks. It's a new era. We're going to get everyone together, all Giants fans, on one page, Coach Judge style. We're all going towards the same direction. It's been a rough, what was it, like four years? I mean, five years if you want to go back. It just feels good to be, like, fired up about the season. I don't know what this season's going to look like, and no one does, but I'm excited to be here with my guys here. It's, it's nice that our coach is, like, coming a little under fire, and he's the one that's firing back a little bit instead of, you know, Odell did this or – Ramsey said this, that kind of stuff. And it's nice to see the whole fan base in one. Like, you know, you did your uh, lap running video. We did ours. And then we, this, you know, the hour and a half before this, we our mentions are starting to get blown up with people sending us videos or running laps. And I love it. I love it. We're, we're either going to get better together or we're going to get fit together. Maybe I might die at some point, but hey, we're going to just all try our hardest. We're, we're one. That's my biggest thing right now. Giants, it's, I, I'm sure you guys, I mean, you've, you've, I've seen you talk about it. Like, there's been a lot of sniping, and I mean, for myself as well. There's been so much negativity in the last few years. It feels nice, like you said. I feel like the outsiders are now the common enemy. I have to believe in Coach Judge's message until it's no longer, unless, you know, we get off to a rough start, the, the people will be coming back at us. But it feels good to kind of have, like, uh, I, haven't, I haven't defended someone like this since he said, like, Odell, back when it was like everyone was just ripping apart everything he did as he put up 1,410 touchdowns every year. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the first time Odell punched somebody, we're like, that's just one time. And then, you know, two years later, we're like, okay, maybe it's who he is. 
Yeah, Clem, we made the un- we made the unfortunate de- decision to show our faces while we were running, while Bobby just showed like the front of the camera. So at least on my part, I looked like I was about to freaking die, and people were replying like, "Are you okay? Like, did you make it past this video?" So we made that unfortunate decision to show our faces, and it, it at least on my end, it was not a pleasant sight. It was not. Yeah, hey, Giants fans, we're also, some of us are Giant fans. I'm a Giant man. I'm running around my house, and we're we're (laughs) huffing and puffing. But, hey, by this time next year, we're going to be fit. We're going to have, hopefully, a team that, you know, can make some noise here, and everyone's going to be better for it, thanks to Coach Judge. So we're, we're, we're hopefully on the right track. We're going we're gonna, to – I want this thing going all, all year, by the way. I want it going through training camp. I want us running laps. I, I, like you said, I get some people in my mentions. They're throwing their masks on. They're running around the city. They're running around city blocks, and they're talking in their phone, and people are like, what the heck is going on? Coach <laughs> Judge has taken over this city because it's the first time I felt like – um, structure in my life as a Giants fan since Ben McAdoo showed up in his oversized suit and, you know, it just became a clown <laughs> sh- show in, in East Rutherford ever since then. So uh, it feels good to kind of have everyone go in the same direction again for once. Yeah, it seemed like everyone was happy with the draft and the coach, which is just getting one of those is a hard task. To get the both so far is, is good. But I, w- I want to ask, what's your relationship with the Giants? Like, you're the Giants blogger for Barstool. Um you know, obviously you've been a fan for some time, but kind of give us like the quick synopsis on your Giants fandom. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, um, grew up, I'm, I'm so like uh, the first uh, town north of Westchester, so Putnam County. I'm, I live in Mayapack. I grew up here and I'm a Mets fan, Giants fan. So I always get immediately my uh, chops get busted because they say I'm like a, a gypsy fan. Usually, you know, it's Yankees, Giants, Mets, Jets and all that stuff. I Thank God I chose the Giants for like that little bit of happiness in my life. So I wouldn't just like hate sports altogether, which I mean, obviously the last few years, maybe not so much. Um, and I, you know, that it was one of those things. I don't know. I just gravitated towards the Giants. My, uh, my dad, who's not even a huge sports fan. He, uh, the first thing like that I learned as like sports is important. He told me about Bill Belichick's defensive game plan in Super Bowl 25 so many times about how it was the most genius thing you ever did. And obviously, you know, as a kid, I, I was eight years old and they won Super Bowl 25. I watched Super Bowl 21 a million times to the point where my parents told me it would change if I kept watching the video and I just kept watching. So I don't know. I just, something with the Giants clicked right away. Been a fan uh, ever since. Some dark days there. The Dave Brown days uh, was kind of like my Muppets in the game as a Giants fan and then yeah just started working at Barstool um, we had this awesome we had this awesome writer uh, 610 he was the Giants writer before me he was kind of the guy who did the Giants Rangers and then once I got hired full-time he had a separate job where he does full-time so I kind of just took over a lot of the Giants stuff because you know I could get on right away it was my job to get news up immediately where he has a full-time job he had to do so I kind of took a lot of the Giants stuff over from there and uh yeah, I mean, it hasn't been a lot of highs since I took over. I, I started part-time at Barstool in 2014, and then 2015, I got hired full-time in November. It's been some dark days. Now, as I say this, I feel like I might have just added myself as, like, the curse of the Giants. Actually, no, oh, you know, oh. we had a good year in 2016. No, no. We had a good year in 2016. I mean, it was a little bit of fool's go with McAdoo. I think we all knew that, but we had fun, right? Like, I I was, I, I, I loved blogging about him, Benny with the good hair, all this kind of stuff. Um <laughs> But we all kind of knew in our heart of hearts that it was going to end probably poorly. I didn't know it was going to end that poorly with him benching Eli for Geno Smith. I don't think any of us could have seen that, which then probably set us back like another three years. But we finally have hit the reset button. So uh, that was kind of my my fandom in a nutshell. Um, they're like my one team of happiness because I'm, I'm a Mets fan, a Knicks fan, and a Giants fan. So uh, every few months – 
I get a little bit of happiness in my life, hopefully from September to December. And this is probably the season I've been the most excited for. I mean, I couldn't even tell you the last time I was this excited for, for a giant season. Um, I mean, the young QB, man. the young QB, um, the coach, and like, it feels like a legitimate culture change. And, um, the whole thing, I mean, like Gettleman's there. I've always been someone who said, all these guys, all, all the GMs, they know more than I do. I don't know. I, you know, you guys do like, you know, you scout tape. You guys are looking at tape and stuff like that. I'm pretty much a common fan. That's kind of what we do at Barstool. We crack jokes or whatever. I have some opinions on stuff, but I usually say these guys know more. I do. My problem with Gettleman has always been, just don't talk. Just don't give these guys sound bites because if people like in our industry or people like me, the bloggers, we have to then run with it. Then everyone laughs at us, points at us. We've had nothing but that. So that's what drove me nuts. But um, like you said, I feel like he had a pretty good draft. Um, the Marcus Golden move was like a stroke of genius, which I think that was Kevin Abrams. They said who was the guy who, who came out as responsible for that. They said that, but I don't believe anything they say. I just don't. That's true. <laughs> it was Joe Judge, right? Let's just call it Joe Judge, so Belichick doing all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so uh, even even I like I feel like everyone deserves a clean slate. Jerry Reese's fingerprints are off this team completely now, and we move on from here. Yeah. Now you mentioned the Eli benching, and I try to be like a reasonable person, but that was the most unreasonable I was as a fan. I mean, I was on the Facebook commenting, I'm going to boycott the team and stuff like that. With that being said, man, this is, since I was in sixth grade, I've went into every training camp with number 10 as my starter, man. How does it feel going into, like, I love asking this question. What's it like going into a camp without Eli there? It's a great, it's, it's, it's a great question. Cause um, the other day they were, everyone was stretching, running around and I saw number eight and I got all excited. I go, that's my guy. And I go, holy, it was the first time it hit me. And as I'm saying this, I got like a little bit of goosebumps oddly enough. I was like, Eli's just not there. Like he's just sitting. He probably has the kids like climbing on him as he's trying to like lay in bed and all that stuff. He's just doing Eli stuff, which is hilarious. Just thinking about itself. It's, it's one of those weird things. I mean, I'm a little older. Uh, so I, um, a lot of people like a lot of people I work with um, grew up with Eli. That's all they know in their lives is Eli Manning as the New York Giants quarterback. And I just, um, I, he was my, I think my senior year of college. So basically my entire adult life, I had Eli Manning as my quarterback of my team. And uh, the thing about Eli, he was always there. He was always dependable. He always played, obviously, you know, never got, never missed a game because of injury and stuff like that. But it was also a roller coaster with Eli for better or worse. Right. We, we, we know all the stuff uh, through the regular seasons, the playoffs and all that. So um I'm going to miss Eli. I'm going to miss being able to set my watch to him. God, for, hopefully Daniel Jones, you know, for the next 15 years has the same kind of durability streak. But there's a lot of things that, you know, we had with Eli as a Knicks fan who grew up with Patrick Ewing that I think we're going to realize how good we had it once he's gone kind of a thing, you know? Right. Now, I don't know how often you talk with them, but is there any tension between you and Prez about Eli Manning? <laughs> I, I'm always I, – I think you guys know Dave – you're not going to win a, a, a debate with Dave, no matter what it is. He's going to outsmart you, <laughs> yell you. He's going to do whatever it comes. Um, I, all Patriots fans, they'll come at you. They'll puff their chest. But I think in their heart of hearts, like 18 and one's 18 and one. That's the most devastating moment uh, you can really have as a sports fan to get that close, even with all those rings. Um, I don't think anyone could ever do that. So um, I've gone a couple times with him. There was a year, it might have actually been 20 – it was, I think, 2015. Did we have the like a nice, Collins drop? 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, so there was a couple times where I was, and, and uh, I remember when the Giants and the Patriots, they played each other um, and it, it was looking like that there could be another one of these, you know, Super Bowls down the road. And I remember like, I looked him in the eyes and I could kind of tell like th- this, it, it never made sense. Right. It, it's never made sense how it was like Eli taking down Belichick and Brady. So it was always like, if there was, it always felt like there was going to be the third part of the trilogy and we always wanted to see it happen. And you just can't, you know, you can't uh what's the word i'm looking for um that black magic you just can't explain it so i think they were always kind of like they'd almost rather face like a pro pro bowler whoever the all pro quarterback was from an nfc team over like eli just because he's eli he just does crazy stuff against the pats so uh yeah dave he i i've seen people like they they were sending him stuff with the unboxings and the pizza reviews (laughs) when the giants when giants fans get them you could tell it bothers him. And that's the only thing that I've ever seen, really seen bother him because he's had like, God has been on his side for the last 15 years, basically ever since he started Barstool. It's crazy. He was a good sport because he was up with uh, Joe Ruback, L- license plate guy and David Tyree. When he opened up a smoothie place, he was like doing it. It was so, str- so strange. Can't, uh, that was, I, that, I, I still can't believe that, that the timing of that David Tyree's doing an opening of a new store and then he's doing a pizza review in a random spot in New Jersey, and then they meet. But I, he was a good sport about it, but I could tell he kind of wanted to die. I could tell. Exactly. <laughs> Tyree in itself, I think Tyree, like, Eli gets a little bit of respect and like, the whole thing. They have the pay, Payne's number, all this. It's almost like it was the football gods. Tyree, I think, just pisses him off because he never caught another ball again, and it's like it was <laughs> such like a quote-unquote flu play or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I absolutely love it. And just that kind of stuff, like I'm saying, my guy KFC at Barstool, he always says, Dave made a deal with the devil back in 2004 when he started Barstool. The Red Sox go in. They make the biggest comeback in the history of baseball. Boston becomes title town USA, and he has David Tyree just walking out of a new smoothie place. He has a deal with the devil. It's the only way to explain the way everything has gone since then. Um, but he's, a, he's like you said, he's a pretty good sport about it. And again, um, I, know it, I know it really burns him deep inside. There's not many L's he's taken uh, recently, but that's definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice that we can just talk to Patriots fans without them doing like the six rings because we just always have the two rings over them. And it's like you could just actually have a real conversation with Patriots fans where I feel like I feel like they don't get to do that with anybody else. I think they actually appreciate that, as weird as it sounds. And it's like, I, I, I'm i a very low-key fan. I don't like to rub a lot of stuff in people's faces. Probably my Mets and my Knicks fandom has probably brought me down like seven levels. So it builds a lot of character. You're just like, listen, don't don't rub it. But I think they actually kind of appreciate that, like, they can drop that bravado. You know what I mean? The the Tom and the, the, and the Super Bowl rings, like you said. And I always liked the Patriots. I don't know about you guys, but um, I personally, like, again, Belichick was like a god in my house growing up. Belichick and Parcells were our two guys. And Belichick, um, obviously with the Pats, like, he was my guy. And the fact that they kind of grew into a dynasty, when the Giants weren't playing, I'm a Mets fan, so I like the Red Sox. I like Boston because they're the only people that keep Yankee fans from, you know, getting in my face even more than they usually do on a daily basis <laughs> so i've always had a good relationship with with the uh, patriots fans um it's just it, again it's wild the way it's all worked out i think some of our co-workers have been in your face with the yankees stuff you know some of the other john boy media guys <laughs> with the side-by-sides of judge and alonzo um, oh yep yep which i mean these days the judge and alonzo is just a black screen for for aaron judge so like, <laughs> we, we can all have the aaron judge things but you have to realize he doesn't play half the time which is part of the reason that these these comparisons started the first it's all good what's funny is me and justin were talking when the season or when um they were doing the warm-up games and the guy who's actually like the biggest alonzo troll i've ever seen who works with us at john boy media 
he's like the nicest person you'd ever meet in real life. And then I was like, I saw him on Twitter. Then I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize he was an internet troll. Once, uh, <laughs> once, once Alonzo starts striking out, it was pretty funny. Yeah, man. I mean, and you guys have awesome stuff over there too. It just kills me that it's like, yeah, you guys, obviously you guys hit a lot of things, but like I, even John boy to start with, it was like, damn, that guy's a Yankee fan, man. It hurts me. It hurts me. I wish we had a, you know, more Mets guys. We have, I love my Mets Twitter guys. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it kills me that John boy. And then obviously with the whole Astros thing, it blew up to another level, but uh, you guys are crushing it, man. You guys are doing awesome. Yeah. Thanks. So we, now me and you were similar in this way. We're both solution guys. Like Deandre Baker gets arrested. We're, you know, we're definitely bothered, but I think me and you are both solution guys where it's like, you know what, we're going to, you're going to pump up Bradford Cohen and I'm going to threaten the, you know, the district, the district uh, attorney. I, I, I like that about me and you, man, where it's, where it's when bad things happen, it's not, let's, you know, let's not cry about it. Let's try and figure it out, whether it's running laps or, or whatever. Oh man, when you, I woke up one morning and I'm like making breakfast to the kids and I, I, I turn on Twitter and I've forgotten that the, um, Periscope, was it a Periscope for the, um, for the court thing that I got so lost into that Clem. I got so, I was like, was Googling. I was like, okay, I found the Miami's YouTube court. They did it yesterday at this time. And then I Periscoped it. And then you and, uh, John boy had retweeted it. And I was like, why is there like this many people in here? And people are like, why are you talking over this? I'm like, and it was just, it just got too nuts. I was making fun of the district attorney. I was starting Overall to worry that I was going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a bond hearing. I mean, but that's, I mean, hey, like they always say, fan is short for fanatic. We're fanatics. We're crazy people. And the worse your team is, you're just like looking for any way to like make your team better. We used a first round pick on the guy. We needed him. Like even DeAndre Baker, if he came back, he could have stuck this year for all we knew. But we needed to have him there. A Brad for Cohen. It's funny though, because when you like just go down a, a, a Google rabbit hole, you don't know what you're getting next. Like I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, so like, what's his lawyer? I see he, he tweeted here. I think uh, Dan Dugan, who was just on your guys' show, he he had tweeted something. So I like Google the name, go to his Instagram. He has like, he's just taking pictures of Getty, Getty pictures, screenshotting them, and just writing these things. He's like uh, Cody. I don't know the guy's name, Kodak Black or whatever. They have yeah, a whole yeah. thing, but he's like a lawyer. He like helped defend him for something. And I'm like, oh my god. Then I start pulling the strings. I see he was on The Apprentice. He has like this whole commercial. He has Trump shooting. Uh, shouting him out and i was like oh my god we have like we're, we're cooking with gas here in terms of craziness which there's no shortage of that with the giants in the last four years and with uh the state of florida in general for basically ever since it became a state so uh we, we're solutions guys i was i was behind you i was chanting like free baker I don't care about Quentin Dunbar, do whatever. And then it, it all came crashing down on us. Dunbar is, I guess, free. He's not going to get charged. Uh, what is it? September 12th is Baker's Day? So, something like that. I just know once they f- had the DMs of like, hey, like bragging, like, hey, we're paying them off. I was like, okay, we're done. I'm done. I'm not doing the free Baker stuff anymore after seeing this. Yeah, see, that was the thing is like I had started the free Baker stuff before I even had gotten like the the legit play by play of what happened at that party. I knew there was a robbery. Then it was like there was guns telling people to shoot people. I was like, all right. Now we're going a little too much into this because I think we're just trying to have fun on Twitter, and that's when you kind of steer yourself a little bit the wrong way. We, and everyone gets mad at everything these days too, so that's a whole other deal. So you have to like watch out what you say. You came like I, I was on Twitter. I don't know, probably ten years ago. I think I started, and it was a completely different world. Everyone just had fun. It was kind of just BSing, and it's grown to a level I don't think any of us could have seen back then. And now it's like if you say anything that could be perceived the wrong way, you're gonna people or bots jump down your throat. So uh, yeah. The the free the free baker movement 
we're going to pump the brakes on that one. I'm not going to get canceled over DeAndre Baker for sure. We had a, <laughs> we had a free Baker t-shirt conversation, and then we realized, like, you know what? As much as we like to have fun, we probably have some, like, more low-key listeners and fans that would be like, you know what, Bobby, why are you profiting off a guy, you know, doing a stick-up? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like, love you know the Madden defense. They're probably now. right, you know. The Madden defense was great. He had me sold on the Madden defense, and this is the thing. I, I said it from the minute that court case came out. The state of Florida, there is like ten different stories, and none of them are the same. They're all, you know, counteracting each other. It's all going crazy. So, uh, yeah, I'm. We're officially all right. So we're gonna say it right now. We're out on the free the free baker. We're gonna let the court, the the United States uh, judicial system, take care of it, and we'll weigh in once everything is said and done. Yeah, the Dunbar being let go gives me like half hope, like oh, if Dunbar is getting like let go, but then the other half is like, well, if he got let go and Baker didn't, that means that Dunbar is snitching on Baker to get let go. So I, I'm I'm just letting it play out. Um, I was all in on Ross Cockrell. And then two days later, we lost him. So I don't, I don't know what we're going to do at corner. <laughs> Luckily, the NFL is not a passing league, so we don't have to worry about you know, <laughs> the guarding defenders. I, was it Baker the one who just left Devontae Adams in the end zone wide open? Because no, that was I, Sam Beal. That was the, op- that was the, one, the one who opted out. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Beal isn't even a real thing. He's a myth. He's a legend made up by Dave Gettleman. He's never actually been on a football field. They tell us <laughs> Sam Beal is a giant. I don't believe it. He wasn't even drafted in the real draft. It was the uh, – the what's a supplemental draft Sam Beal is not a real person until further notice <laughs> that's funny I've always called Sam Beal a mythical creature I'm, I'm very much with you where he's just not a thing he's just he's a he's a figment of our imagination he's gonna come in here and fix the secondary and now I guess he's gone so um I'm not a solutions guy so I hear I'll just say this there are times where I'm not a solutions guy and one of those areas where I'm not a solutions guy where I feel like you can really provide some good input is old stadium versus new stadium or I guess, you know, we'll call it MetLife. Um, I feel the old stadium had character. I feel like it had grit. And especially now you walk into MetLife Stadium, it's a gray blob. I have no idea how we are going to be hosting the world's biggest event in the World Cup in the next couple of years in this gray blob boarding of a stadium. So, so frankly, I, I don't know. You may not have any hot takes about this. I don't know how often you've been to the stadium. I don't know if you go to games. But, um... You know, describe describe the differences between like the old stadium, new stadium. Even if you have any takes, or if you're just like, shut up, Justin. You should just watch football. No, I'm with you. So this is this is my take on the stadiums, and I've said this before, and it's interesting. You say it, so you get like a couple people what like against me, and but most people I feel like tend to agree with me. I think the old stadium was perfectly fine. I mean, I grew up with it, and I think it does like all those stadiums they had character. Um, I also hear this about Shea Stadium as a Mets fan. I love Shea Stadium. It was the stadium I grew up with. It was a dump. It was a goddamn dump. It was a construction. It was It was also fun. I had many great memories there. It was like, it was just a bunch of concrete. It would be freezing in September. When we were a hundred games out of first. Giant Stadium was great. And this is the thing. I go to Giants games. I go to one tailgate a year. We have a big tailgate, the family, the friends. And then I sit back, I watch my, my TV at home where, you know, got the ticket, got the Giants on, whatever. Um, I go, I tailgate, I have fun. I could be in the middle of, I could literally just be in the parking lot watching the game. I'd be happy. However, the new stadium, I hate the new stadium. Because if you're going to spend all that money, get a new stadium, get us all excited, and then give us that, I am just, it's like a big old, it's just like, it's an air conditioner. We're playing in an air conditioner. Uh, the fact, and listen, I get that 
um, Dallas, the Texas, it's a completely different world when it comes to construction, when it comes to taxes, all the money that goes around there. But the fact the Cowboys built their stadium for less money than we built our stadium for, there was also something with China, I believe, was building stadiums at that time for the World Cup or the Olympics. And I think that messed the prices of steel up. But it's like two different universe. It's like, it's like the old giant stadium compared to like the current Cowboy stadium in terms of just differences of how, how much worse MetLife is than Cowboy stadium. And they were both built at the same time. It just like breaks my heart that like, it's not even that MetLife is so vanilla. It, it makes me want to puke, which it does, but it's just like, you see Cowboy stadium, you see the Cowboy stadium, you see the Rams and Chargers in stadium, you mm. see the Raiders in stadium. And you're like, how do we have a new stadium that is just completely like, it's just sterile. I don't know. Again, I've, I'm a Mets fan. I love City Field. It's like a small, compact, like uh, cozy ballpark. And I love everything about it. It's a new stadium. It's not perfect, but it's, it's, I love it. Giants, uh, MetLife Stadium, I could not care less about it. It's like they built all that. I'm, now, this is the thing. The luxury boxes are probably through the roof. I bet it's the oh, best yeah. filet mignon you've ever had your entire life. I'm sure there's like stuff that uh, like, you know, the Maras and the Tishes and like everyone who has like the secret society handshake, they probably have like fucking <laughs> stuff underground that I can't even imagine my commoner poor man brain. Um, but it kills me. So I feel like they just make it look like an air conditioner, like I said, and they have like lights for blue for the Giants, green for the Jets. Sweet. It does absolutely nothing Wonderful. for me. So it just bums me out when I go to the games that like this is what we ended up with i think we could have such a cool um you know so many cool experiences here but like you said in the end they just wanted to get it probably get all like the stuff the luxury stuff and then get things like the world cup and uh, which obviously in the super bowl which they already got um into you know the new york new jersey area which i want to ask you guys a question now what do you guys think when people say oh the best team in new york is the bills there's the only team in new york does that drive you guys nuts because that's been driving me nuts since i was a kid it's like who cares about the goddamn zip the the, the mailing address the, the state that it says on the, the the mail of the team i'm down here in florida you know I was, i'm born in jersey so you know like it's like okay i'm from jersey i like the giants my parents my dad's a yankees fan and then i like the devils and then the nets um who frustrate who actually frustrate me the most even though i have the lowest expectations for them um, so I have friends down here who be like, Oh, the New Jersey giants. And I'm like, cool. Like I'm from New Jersey. I would be cool with that name. I was like, I'm, I, I have a gap in my life since the New Jersey Nets turned to the Brooklyn Nets. Give me something, New Jersey. So they, they really, it doesn't ever bother me. Cause I don't claim New York. Like I do Jersey. Yeah. Bills are closer to Canada in my brain than New York. That's true. That's They're in Canada. Enough. Bills fans are nuts. You think like, Oh, Buffalo. Nice. Like the Bills mafia stuff. It's funny. But they are some of the meanest people online I've ever met. Like uh, two years ago, I just put up oh, Josh yeah. Allen la- had his last pass against the Dolphins, and he was he was you know running to the left, and it was short. And I was like, Josh Allen's supposed to have this rocket arm, but he couldn't uh, you know he couldn't complete this pass. Just random, like you know didn't ha- expect Bills fans, and I had Bills fans not just like random trolls, like guys like with their family and like all state real estate. And like DMing me and like you scumbag, like you peel, like you faggot, like all kinds of stuff, like all kinds of stuff. And I never realized how mean they actually are in Buffalo. And they just, they put their face on it. They're people in Buffalo is just, I don't know what it is, but they have an edge to them. I think that as the kids say, they're just different up there. Right. I, and I love, I love the people of Buffalo. I've, I have a great relationship with the people of Buffalo. I realize I, and I say this with no like ill will towards them because I'm looked at as an upstater to everyone from the city. Like people in the city think Yonkers is upstate, right? Like the people just, that's just how they, they think with New York. 
they're like the wildlings from um, Game of Thrones. Like they're crazy, savage people in a good way that are like entertaining it. to watch, but you have to just let them be and let them do their thing. I love how they put each other through tables. They have fun on Sundays. They're drinking, they're making the, the internet fun. But if you come at their people, they're going to come at you back. So I've learned that. I, I've made a good way. I love Zubaz. Did you guys have Zubaz growing up? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Zubaz. You never had this Zubaz? Oh man, now I feel like an old person. It's yeah, like the, you're, um, <laughs> we're making you feel real old right now. <laughs> the the uh, you'll see them in the videos. They have the pants. It's like the the red and blue and white pants that they have. Oh, the oh okay, yeah. okay, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, that was made up in uh, Buffalo, I believe. Actually, the Legion of Doom. Which I'm telling me, you guys know the Legion of Doom? Are you guys wrestling guys? No. <laughs> no. Okay, good. All right. Well, as long the Legion of Doom, like, it's probably a little too too old for you guys too. They invented them Buffalo. It was a whole thing. They and that's kind of what they do. But I, I love the the people of Buffalo. But um, this is that was a good learning lesson. The people of Buffalo will come at your throat because that's all they have. They have snow. They have the Bills, and then they have like perennial sports sadness. I love the Bills Mafia, and one of my favorite moments was actually. Because you guys put, you know, Barstool puts out the uh, the Bills Mafia videos. And my favorite one was the beginning of this year. It looked like a guy blew his head off with like a, a mortar. Like, it, like his head is next to it, blows it off. And it was so funny because uh, uh, Dave, he, he showed the DMs where he's like, is the guy okay? Could be like, we can't post this if he's like, like got his head blown off. And the response is, we're 3-0. and He'll be fine. Like, that was my favorite Bills Mafia moment right there. Perfect Buffalo. That was that was all you need to know about Bills Mafia. That was that's my, I actually might be, like, my favorite Buffalo Bills Mafia moment because that just encapsulates it all. And that, again, comes with all the people going through tables. They're covering each other in, in ketchup and mustard. People, I mean, they're having, like, sex in the parking lot. It's just <laughs> mayhem up there. I went to a Buffalo game. In 2007, it was actually the game when Bradshaw had that long run. Yeah. And they clinch, and I'm screaming to the people, we, we're in the playoffs, we're going to the playoffs. I went to that game, I think it was end of November, right? Maybe early December. I, and think it was, was week 15, I know we clinched the division that 14? game. Week 15. Week 15. Okay. And that, the snow, I've never seen this before in my life. And I lived my entire life in, you know, in Putnam County here in Mayapack. Snow was coming and it started with rain sideways, snow from the top. Then it became ice coming from like the bottom. I'm telling you, ice came up from the ground. I lost a winter jacket, an iPod, a phone, like destroyed. And I didn't lose them. They were just destroyed by the weather there. And these people, it was like, you know, a, a day in May for them. It was nothing. They were just shaking it off. They're walking in and out of the game in like shorts. And like we had to drive home or white knuckling the entire way home. But that's just their lives every single day. So they are, they're born through like the darkness of, of football in the winter. So uh, they're a different breed up there. I will say that. I love it. I love it. All right. So it we're, was, it was, uh, it was week 16. So I should really take a lap. 16. I should honestly get up oh, and take you know, a lap. We're going to go take a lap. Yeah. I know you guys are doing laps the other episodes. Let's, let's do a yeah. lap. Right? All right, honestly, I'm doing a lap tomorrow. I'm going to tweet you guys a lap. It's dark out right now. We're recording. I'm tweeting. You. I, I said, I'm sticking to this laps all year long. Coach Judge wants it that way. All right. Well, now I'm going to have to do another one around the pool tomorrow. All right. So we're, we're coming up on 30 minutes. I, will, I have a hypothetical. We'll finish, we'll finish off on this. Giants have had some bamps to come across them. So who would you rather bring to a fight? Lawrence Taylor without crack or Brandon Jacobs on crack? And the reason why we have to make that clarification, we have to make that clarification because I am of the belief Lawrence that Taylor with crack just... is unfair. Yeah, it's well with crack, you know, it's he's not the same. He's not a Hall of Fame player. And that's just that's fact, not opinion. 
Yes. No, that's you know, PEDs come in many different forms. It doesn't just come with steroids with a little like ZYL at the end of the name. It's crack cocaine. Um, I actually was, cause that's what I wonder. I used to say, would Lawrence Taylor have been better if he wasn't on the stuff? And I'm like, no, no he might've actually been worse if he wasn't on. Uh, I'm going LT and this, I, I feel like I'm going to, this is where I'm going to separate from you guys. Again, I love Brandon Jacobs. If you can't love a big dude that just ran people over for fun. A guy that used to like trip over the line of scrimmage, I can't take him over a fight over Lawrence Taylor. I just can't do it. And he occasionally would just like pussyfoot around and then kind of like stumble and twinkle toe his way. And, you know, we see it all there, the Charles Woodson, Laron Landry. He's run over big people in the past. Lawrence Taylor was just a different breed. The crack cocaine is an X factor. I am admitting the crack cocaine is an X factor. <laughs> I will have to try crack cocaine. If I try, I'm going to try crack cocaine after I do the lap. If you got to do it before the lap. Super- or maybe go on a lap around the neighborhood and find someone who can give it to you and then and – then. <laughs> I may so. just never stop doing laps. That's my – like my, my, my ace in the hole is a drug habit. If I ever have to lose weight, I'm just going to get on some crack cocaine. Joe Judge will be fired and be like, Clem is still doing laps. What is going on here? Um, yeah. Uh, we, Mark Colombo, I remember when we hired him, one of the videos I found was like him shoving Brandon Jacobs after the game. So – I want to have Columbo on the show and ask him about that one day because Jacobs is a bad dude. My favorite Jacobs moment was throwing his helmet into the stadium, into the into the seats of the uh, in Indy. Um, I love when I, he threw the ball into the game clock in Dallas. That, because, yeah, actually, that was my favorite. I've never heard just such a loud impact from a football. Yeah. And I always, I, I know they say he can be fired up or it was because of Cowboys. I always like to think because Eli always had those delay games. He was getting back at the play clock for all the times Eli had those delay games. He's like, this goddamn play clock. And he just, boom, just hit it for Eli, get, get, took one for the quarterback. And that's why I always appreciate Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, I appreciate him. I a transition. I appreciate you, Clem, man. We, we thank you for giving us time. Everyone go follow Barstool Clem at the Clem Report, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll have to catch up again after the season. No, for sure, man. I, I'd love to come back whenever. I hope you guys get Columbo on too because I'd love to hear him. I just feel like he's a guy that's, that'll have some good stories. And it's just from like when he called uh, Nick Gates an alpha, I was like, all right, that's the offensive line coach I want coaching my guys up. And everyone's saying how, oh, Dallas had all these high draft picks. And that's what well, we have a, a few high draft picks of our own because that's where we've been drafting every year these days. So we have a couple <laughs> yeah. guys, hopefully coaches up and get some alphas in the room and we'll see where you go. But uh, I'd love to come back. Like I said, this is the most excited I've been for a giant season season in in quite a long time so uh let's go big blue all right thanks man whoever you are i want to punch you in the mouth i'm sorry i just do that's just how i feel all right thanks again clem for coming on like i said we'll, we'll try and catch up with him after the season man next episode we should be uh depending on what kind of access they give us at that scrimmage we'll we'll try and hit it maybe we'll have another interview who knows we'll see what happens we'll play it by ear um enjoy it Enjoy your weekend. Watch some basketball. Use DraftKings responsibly. Responsibly. Do it all. Have fun. Justin, you got anything before we uh we send these kids off for the weekend? Football. I hate the way you say football. I'm I'm with the listeners. I'm I'm jumping on that train. Football. Take a lap. 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 All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. Until then, let's go. Big Blue.